Good morning, and welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. Uh, God calls us and invites us to come and respond to His goodness, and so we're glad that we can join here in person, and uh, for those who are online, we're welcome to you, and glad that we can be here, invited by God's Spirit to respond together uh, in worship. Um, as we begin, I just want to take a moment to highlight a couple things. Um, order of worship, if you need one, they're, they're on the welcome table on the way in uh, by the communion cups, and uh, just want to point out a couple things on the inside cover is some information about the church service and during this time we're having a little bit shorter services than normal around 50 minutes and I'm asking people to wear masks um, during the service and also uh, if you we're not have, having our normal time of offering so if you would like to give to the work of the church there is a silver offering plates in the back of the church you can uh, give your offering there or you can do so through the church website uh, you can give there uh, if you are visiting, we're glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us and hope to have a chance to get a chance to know you, meet you. Uh, if you would like to share your information with the church or if your information changed and like to give an update, there are um, connect cards on the welcome table. You can fill it out and drop it in the basket there. Or you'll see, uh, you can go online um, through our website to leave uh, information on a connect card. So I encourage you to do that. Um, one other thing just to, to mention is that um, whether you just start coming to church or whether you have been in Lincoln Square for a while, uh, there is a lunch coming up on the 26th of September, intro to LSPC, and this is a great way to get to know the church better, uh, kind of what we believe and uh, what our values are, and also what it means to be a member of the church. And so, uh, like I said, if you just started coming or if you've been coming for a while, this is a, an invitation to you to come. Just let me know if you're interested. It's this, the last Sunday of September. We'll go over to our community space on Rockwell, and we'll have some lunch and also have some discussion together. So hope you can join us for that. Um, at this time, the uh, kids are dismissed for the, there's, there's a couple of classes. There's a preschool class, there's children's worship, and there is um, a third to fifth grade class in junior high. The third to fifth grade in junior high should go over towards Pastor Eric over there. Preschool and children's worship should go towards Melinda in the back corner there. And those classes will go to the end of the service. Well, we're really excited to have uh, Sarah Ardema with us from World Relief, and so I'm going to invite Sarah to come forward. She's going to share a little bit about what World Relief is doing here in Chicago and how we can be part of that ministry. So thank you, Sarah, for, for sharing. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I am from... World Relief, the Chicago office, so we are right down the street here, about a mile and a half or so west of here in the Albany Park neighborhood. And it's, um, yeah, it's, we just really appreciate your partnership, and it's, it's great to be here and give you some updates. It's a busy, busy fall for us, so we just appreciate the support of um, all churches like your church that is um, working with us. So um, a few updates is that, um, well, first I want you to imagine something. <laughs> imagine the city of Tokyo and also imagine the city of Sao Paulo in Brazil, and then imagine the city of Mumbai. Maybe you've been to one of those places, maybe all of them, maybe none of them. <laughs> I haven't actually been to any of those places, but um, I know that they're really large cities, and if you put the population of all of those cities together, it's about 80 million people, and that's actually about the number of people who are displaced around the world right now. So people are displaced as refugees, as asylum seekers, and people are in their country, but they've been displaced from the city that they're from, from their home. Um, so that's where we're facing a really large crisis right now of refugees around the world. Um, for over 40 years, World Relief has welcomed and advocated for 
refugees and immigrants who are coming to your communities all across the US, and that includes um, the city of Chicago. And um, we do this work in partnership with churches so that together we can build transformative relationships where everyone who's involved can be part of the work and be building friendships with people from different cultures of them. So this is actually a really great time to be giving an update to you all because there are a lot of things happening this fall. We're expecting about 750 refugees to be arriving from all around the world this um, coming year across the Chicagoland region. So we work with a couple offices with World Relief out in the suburbs as well. But um, here in Chicago, we'll also be getting a large number of those 750 people coming. We'll be getting, you know, maybe around a third of those people will be coming here to Chicago. And um, in addition to the 750 people coming through the Refugee Resettlement Program, we are also responding to the crisis in Afghanistan. And we expect around um, 150 people coming from Afghanistan in the next couple of months to Chicagoland. And many of them will be coming to Chicago as well. So those are really high numbers compared to what we've had in the past couple of years, um, as I'm sure many of you know. And so we're really <laughs> rebuilding and, and working to get things ready for people coming here so that we can provide a warm welcome as they arrive. Um, we've been also serving hundreds of people through our English classes and through our legal services, our employment services, and our youth services for refugees who are already in the community and also for asylum seekers and other immigrant groups throughout the past couple years. So we've still been really busy. I know you guys have been helping out in a lot of ways. Um, and we just appreciate your support through that time. And then as we continue those services and build up to welcome many more people again, uh, we're just really grateful to have your support. So um, there are many ways that you can be supporting immigrants and refugees in Chicago. And thank you everyone who has already contributed to the welcome kits. Um, I know that you guys are putting together some welcome kits right now. So thank you so much for those of you who are participating in that. That's a really tangible way to be helping people who are coming here. Imagine coming to an apartment um, after you have fled your country and sometimes people come with a suitcase um, but that's kind of the maximum number of items they have with them most people come with very little so it's just really great to be able to provide a warm welcome for them by just furnishing their apartment when they first come here um, so other things you can do we have a lot of volunteer opportunities a lot of needs for people to volunteer we're looking for people to help with setting up apartments, so cleaning the apartment and actually putting all the items in apartments as people arrive. People to go to the airport and pick people up from the airport. Those are all things you can sign up for once, and then when you're needed, we'd give you a call or send you an email, <laughs> and you can say, um, I'm available this day or I'm not available this day. So we have, those are great opportunities to get involved if you want to every once in a while help out. We also have opportunities to get involved in a longer term friendship with someone who's coming here through lots of different opportunities like tutoring or helping in one of our programs that we have on a regular basis. So if you're interested in any of those types of things, um, I will be available after the service. So come up and talk to me. I'd be glad to talk to you more about that. And um, I guess my final ask is just please keep um, refugees and immigrants coming here from all over the world just in your prayers. Um, there's been a lot of things happening around the world. And of course, I'm sure a lot of you have been tuned into what's happening in Afghanistan. And just a prayer request for that is people are coming here with a lot of trauma that they've gone through. So just prayers for people's overall health and wellness and um, that we can be a welcoming community for people as they come here. So thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah. I'm, we're gonna offer a prayer for, for Sarah and for Lord, we give you thanks that you've 
that you're here, and thank you for a chance to, to hear from Sarah, and we thank you for her ministry and for the ministry of World Relief, and specifically here in the Chicago area. We thank you for the work that they are doing to welcome the, the vulnerable in the name of Christ and the work of mobilizing the church to help uh, care for our neighbors, especially neighbors who are coming, having experienced trauma or being displaced. And so we, we thank you for their ministry, and we pray that you would help uh, through them for us as Christians to see our neighbors in new ways and to move us to love and to serve um, with our gifts and with our time and with our resources. Again, we pray for the blessings upon uh, your church that we may welcome uh, our neighbors in your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Well, we're going to take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God for our, our call to worship. Good morning. Our call to worship is uh, from Psalm 19. If you are, I invite you to stand and sing with us. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His work. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His work. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. And then he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The heavens declare the glory of God, the sky above proclaims his word. Declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His word. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, sweeter also than honey. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His word. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his word joyful joyful we adore thee god of glory lord of our hearts before thee, lean to the sun above, melt the clouds of sin and sadness, dive the dark of doubt away, 
giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works rejoice around the earth and reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, planting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Spring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Thou our Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. join the mighty chorus which the morning stars began father love is reigning over us the love binds man to man ever singing march we onward victors in the midst of strife joyful music leads us onward in the triumph song of life. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Almighty God, gracious Father, you've led us out of places of death and darkness into the life and peace of your covenant family to be your people, to worship you in spirit and in truth. As we continue our worship now, make us aware of your presence. Fill us with yourself. And Father, as our, our country remembers September 11th, we're reminded of the devastating impact that violence and terror have had in this world. We pray for the families, those who have lost loved ones, those whose lives were turned upside down, draw near to them, May they know and experience your love and grace in their loss and grief. We pray for Afghanistan and the severe price the people of their country have paid. We pray specifically for the refugees emerging into our country and others. We pray that your lavish and generous and hospitable love and grace would meet them, that they would know you and find you to be their refuge. Father, give us wisdom and love to care well for one another and our neighbors. Father, we, we know that your love bore flesh, that it walked through the darkness of the valley of death and upon the cross. And God, as you led your people out of Egypt through the wilderness to that certain place of promise, may Jesus lead us now when we are filled with sorrow and grief, even as we traverse everyday life. Lead us now to the life and the joy he brings through his resurrection. We come to you now and pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Well, we turn now to our time of confession, a time to, to, to take in God's mercy as we confess honestly and openly our sin before him. So we'll do this together as, as, a, as a family and then have a time of personal, quiet confession. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Gracious and gentle Father, we confess to you the sins we continue to struggle with, even after confessing them to you time and time again. Give us hope and perseverance and show us your love and favor. We pray through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please take a moment of quiet confession. Lord, we confess our sin, and Father, we know that you see us, and in your kindness, through your Son, you lead us out of death and into life. Give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our time of confession, we're going to sing a song that is a conversation between the believer and soul. We invite you to sing the part of the believer, which is in bold. Sweating blood from every pore, 
to procure thy pardon. See him stretched upon the wood, bleeding, grieving, dying, urging now the wrath of God, groaning, grasping, dying. As by faith I sometimes feel Excuse me, but my sins return anew. These are those that grieve me. Oh, I'm loveless, stinking foul, quite throughout infected. Am not I if any soul comes to be confess our sin. Let's stand together to hear the words of assurance from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's join together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You may be seated. Our Old Testament lesson for today comes from Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11. If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there be any unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near and your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake, for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. And our Old Testament, our, uh, our gospel lesson for today comes from 1 John 3, 11 through 20. For this, the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should, be, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. 
Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. This is the word of the Lord. I'm thankful for a chance to, to worship together and to look at God's word together. Thank you, Mary, for reading from the scriptures. Uh, we're going to continue the, our sermon series. You'll see a note in your order um, that we're going to look at the Gospel of John, specifically chapters 13 through 17. And this is a chance for us to, to hear kind of Jesus teach about the nature and mission of the church. Um, these chapters, I, I mentioned this last week as we began, they, this is Jesus stepping out of the public eye, stepping out of the public eye, and gathering his friends, his disciples, for a final time of prayer and instruction before he is betrayed, arrested, and killed. One note before we read our passage, just some context. After gathering his disciples in the upper room, Jesus washed their feet. And following this demonstration of love and his ministry, Jesus calls them to follow that pattern in their own life, to do what he's done. But then after doing this, Jesus shares with the group, one of you will betray me. One of you will betray me. And if we can picture the scene, the disciples are stunned and deeply saddened. And John writes, they looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. Of course, we know the story. We know it's Judas of Iscariot who betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And after this statement that Jesus makes, Jesus, a little later, offers Judas a piece of bread dipped in wine, a sign of friendship, a sign of blessing. Judas receives it, but in that moment, he gets up, leaves the table, and exits the meeting. And that's where our passage picks up for today, that Judas has just left. So let's read from... John chapter 13, 31 through 38. You can follow in your Bible or your order of worship or listen as I read. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I have said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. 
Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. This is God's word given for our good. Well, in this section of John's gospel, one of the things that we'll see is there's a couple of themes that kind of continue throughout. When the first one being that Jesus can continually speaks about who he is, about what he is doing or what he's going to do. And the second theme is then he calls his followers to live in, in light of that, to live in response to what he has done or who he is, to show that they belong to him. And we see those themes again in our passage. And, and one way to think about them is that they're like handholds. There are things that are solid in the midst of a world that's very uncertain, things that are uncertain, that something that stays and remains. And we'll see these themes first that Jesus speaks of his glorification. As we go through our passage, there's two parts. The first, we see him speak of his glorification. And then the second part, we see that he calls us to love each other as he has loved us. So this first part of the sermon, Jesus speaks of his glorification. When Judas leaves, Jesus knows that soon the temple guard will come to arrest him. And how does he speak of these unfolding events? He speaks of them as his glory. His glory. Now, now the Son of Man is glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. It's not the easiest passage, right, to, to take in, to understand, but five times in a short handful of words, Jesus uses the term glory. And there is this repetitive nature to it that he has been glorified, he is being glorified, and he will be glorified. There is a past, a present, a future. And what Jesus wants us to grasp is that through this series of events that's just now beginning with Judas stepping out, that throughout that, from that moment to when he's on the cross, this is his glorification, the glory of God on display. So what does that mean? How do we make sense of that? Well, one of the key aspects of glory is this idea that you see someone for who he or she truly is, to see them in the depths of who they are. Maybe we can think about that in our own lives, in relationships in which maybe you see someone, you catch a glimpse, or over time you come to know them in ways that are as unique, to know them. Or the other way that you, whether through family or friends or through the church or through relationships, that you yourself become known. The good and the bad, the passions, the fears, the strength and the wounds. One way to think about glorification is this idea of a light that shines that we now see someone who they are in their essence or who this person is. And Jesus is saying, capture this, that now, now, now is the now is the time in which you can really see who I am. Now in my betrayal, in my rejection, in my arrest, and in the cross, at this time I am seen. Do you, do you see what I'm saying, inviting us to so let's be clear? That Jesus 
is calling his rejection, his suffering, and his cross his glory. John Calvin writes, the glory of God shines in all creatures high and low, but it never shines more brightly than in the cross. See, what, what's being, going on is we can ask this question, a question that all of us ask at times and is around us at all times in our culture is, who is God? And what is God like? What's the moment which I can see God most clearly into the depths of who God is? And Jesus is saying, now as I take these steps, it's an opportunity for you and for everyone, us included, to see God on display. Look at the cross. The Son of God, by whom and for whom all things are made, enters into our betrayal, enters into a system of self-serving power, in order to take upon himself the world's evil, to take upon himself our suffering and wounds, to take upon himself our sin and death. This is what Jesus is inviting us to see in these moments of his glory. Throughout John's gospel, there are numerous ways Jesus invites us to know him and to receive his ministry. Maybe some of these phrases are ones that are familiar with you or been meaningful to you. He says, I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And now, now he says something that we might not always think about being on that list. Now he says, where I am going, you cannot come. I suggest to you, though, it's another part of that ministry that he offers to us, an invitation to see him and to see his ministry. You see how he speaks to his disciples, little children, my dear ones, where I'm going, you cannot come. With love, with a sheltering love, as a parent speaking to a child, that he or she must accomplish a task that the child cannot do for himself or herself. With tenderness, Jesus says his glorification, this path he's now walking, is for their good. That he's walking a path that they themselves cannot go on, and he is departing, and where he's going on their behalf, he must go alone. The glory of God is in the cross. The glory of God is in that Jesus walks a path on our behalf and does for us what we cannot do. He enters our suffering and death to accomplish new life and victory, not something that we add to, but what we receive. So Jesus, in these words, these mysterious words, invites us to think about who he is and what he's done for us uniquely done for us. And it's in light of these words about glorification, in light of who Jesus is and his accomplishment, that then Jesus calls us to love one another. His role, what he can do alone, is enter into sin and death, into the brokenness of the world to bring renewal, forgiveness, and new life. But our role, what is our role as those who belong to him, as those who receive his gift? Our role is to live 
in light of it, to live in response to it. And so he says, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. It is by this love that all people will know that you are my disciples, that you belong to me. We hear Jesus' glorification, and now we hear his call to our life. I recently came across a story about a church in San Diego about 40 years ago. This property, sorry, on their property, there was a statue of Jesus with his hands outstretched. Maybe you've seen something similar in other churches. But about 40 years ago, this church was vandalized, and one of the things that happened in part of the vandalism was that the hands of Jesus were broken off the statue. As you might imagine, people were very upset, and people even from the community offered to come and try to help in some way. But part of the reason this story has continued is that the church decided, instead of restoring the statue, restoring the hands, they put up a plaque below the statue, which read, I have no hands but yours. I have no hands but yours inviting us to think about how the scripture invites us to be the body, the hands and feet of Christ. I have no hands but yours. And think with me for a moment about the hands of Christ and the gospel. Jesus' hands that washed his disciples' feet, even Judas. Hands that blessed the little ones, the children that came to him. Hands that distribute baskets of food so his disciples could feed those who were hungry. Hands that applied a healing salve to the one who was blind. The hands that touched the untouchable leper. The hands that caught Peter when he was sinking amidst the storm. And the hands that were nailed to the cross. Jesus says, I invite you and call you to a new commandment. Not because we had never been called to love before. Obviously, the Old Testament said the greatest things were to love God and love your neighbor. But Jesus says this is new because now I, I am the foundation for how love is to be known. I am the pattern for how you are to live as servants, humble and loving to one another. Jesus does not say, All people shall know you're my disciples if you work miracles. He does not say that you'll all know you belong to me if you can handle whatever comes your way. You never get overwhelmed or never need help. He doesn't say people will know you belong to me if you are always right, you always know the right answer to difficult questions. In fact, we hear later in the New Testament from Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak God's word with power, revealing all mysteries and make everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and the mountain jumps, but I do not love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, but I do not love, I've gotten nowhere. Jesus tells us about his ministry and invites us to love as he has loved. Love one another as I have loved you. 
then, then people will recognize you as belonging to me. And we're invited to think maybe in a way that we don't normally think that mutually lived out love of Christians, the love within the church, love for one another modeled after Jesus is the greatest missionary force at work in our neighborhood and in the world. To follow his example, starting with one another. It's worth noting as we wrap up that our passage opens and closes with disciples failing. (laughs) It reminds us that this is a challenging call. Judas betrays, Peter disowns. It invites us to confess that this is challenging and invite us to the path of repentance. And to remember that Jesus' love is not just our pattern, but Jesus' love is our source. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So today as we think about this calling, let us start by thinking of the love that Christ has shown that was glorified in the cross. Let us see his love And out of that source, let us think again about how we might love one another. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and we pray that you would minister to us by your spirit, that we'd find rest and hope and forgiveness in you, and that out of your love that we may learn to love one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. I ask you to stand and sing with us as a response to the word.
Heavenly Father, forgive, forgiver of our every sin, help us look to Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, as our advocate and redeemer, not only for ourselves, but for your whole world. We praise you for your never-ending faithfulness as we join with people on earth and all the company of heaven and the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we can now come to the table that God sets for his people. Uh, during this time, we're receiving communion, not, not by coming forward, but we're through prepackaged elements. If you're planning on taking communion but don't have one, anyone need one that can be passed out to you? Okay. Well, I invite you to go ahead and open those and prepare to receive the, the bread and the cup. This table is an invitation for us to think again about Christ work for us. Where I'm going, you cannot follow. Where I'm going, you cannot come. I want to invite you to think about that phrase as an opportunity that, that for Jesus sees us clearly. He knows who we are and our, our struggles. He knows the ways that we have been wounded and broken and the ways that we sin and hurt. Yet he goes on ahead of us on our behalf to take upon himself our wounds, our sin, and death. This table is a picture of that, and it's an opportunity for us now to take a moment to rest in that love and grace. The one who knows you fully, loves you to the end. Broken body and shed blood for you, that you might sit at his table now and forever. That's the good news of the gospel. 
you know of your need before God and have put your faith in Christ, then come and eat and drink. For you're not yet a follower of Christ. Let this time be one for you to meditate, to reflect on who God is and what that means for your life. Lord, we thank you for this table. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet us here by your Spirit to minister to us in the deepest places of who we are, to encourage us in our forgiveness and in your grace, to lift our heads and to teach us about what love is and strengthen us that we may go forth in that love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Lord, we give you thanks for this table. We pray that we go forth as your people, representing you in the way that we love one another and that we love our neighbors. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand that we can respond to this table. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to trust in the power of your resurrection your abiding love, and your forgiveness of our sins. Set our minds on heavenly things and fill us with your joy as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here Before receiving God's blessing, just a reminder that those are a time of fellowship outside. You can make your way out there. There's some, some drinks and some snacks out there. And also, if you have a question about water relief, please talk to Sarah. She'd love to tell you more about what's happening and give you some information about that. Receive now God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forever. Amen. May go in peace. Thank you.